How's it going, River Valley? It is Logan flying solo today. Kirk is taking a vacation day, getting ready for Miracle Offering this weekend, but hope you are doing well. I know for me, it's November. Last week, we talked about the snow, but it has melted at this point. So I'm happy. It's been decent weather all around, I'd say, in good spirits. Of course, I mentioned it's Miracle Offering weekend. I'll talk about that more coming up. But last week, we alluded to that we have a big announcement coming up last weekend, and we announced that we are launching our 11th physical location, the Lakeville campus, which is so exciting. Jordan and Rachel Flagg will be leading that. They are currently pastors on staff at the Apple Valley campus. We will be sending them out to launch Lakeville campus, which is amazing. We're looking to launch it in February at Lakeville South High School. And so if you are in the area, if you know people who live in South Lakeville, who live in Elko area, Credit River, maybe even further south that say, hey, we want to make Lakeville campus our home, we would love to join them in that. And you can text Lakeville to 94,000. It will send you an interest form. You can also go on the website. We've got it all updated. You can even give to Lakeville if you'd say, hey, Lakeville, Miracle Offering, I'm going to give this weekend. It's awesome to see what God is doing through our church, through new campuses. And we love launching new campuses. I know this year we launched Chaska and recently launched Maple Grove. And so we have grown quite a bit, 11 campuses now um, as of the, the new year. And so it's exciting to see all that God is doing in our church and just just excited for this campus and excited for the flags. And if you don't know them, they're amazing people and really feel like they're the right people. They live in Lakeville, have lived there for quite a while. Uh, Jordan coaches uh, sports, uh, women's basketball, and just a lot of different, a lot of different things. So excited for them. Also, I mentioned it, but Miracle Offering is coming up this weekend. If you have not been a part of a Miracle Offering before, this is one of our favorite weekends. And you may say, oh, sure, it's one of your favorite weekends because a lot of money comes in. And and that's true, but it's it's more than money. It is a spiritual reality to we are we're believing God that he's going to do miracles in the finances of this church, as well as all the different partners that we give to. You may not realize this, but we support over a hundred different partners through Kingdom Builders. And if you remember, our goal for the year of what we're trying to raise through Kingdom Builders is $12 million across the house. And again, when we say house, that means all the campuses combined. And so your campus has an individual goal that you are going after, that you're praying for, that you're believing that God would do it. And collectively, all of those goals, if we reach those goals, we're going to raise $12 million. And so you may be thinking, okay, $12 million is a huge number, but you break that down across 10, soon to be 11 campuses, it's it's more tangible, but but we say this at River Valley. Don't do the math. Do your part. What is God asking you to do for Miracle Offering? That's what we care about. We want you to hear from God and what he's asking you to do for Miracle Offering. We're excited for this weekend, and I know my wife and I are excited to, to give and just even at the banquet saying, this is what we're thinking. God has a different plan saying, no, we want to give more. We want to give more and ultimately reach our $12 million goal at all the campuses. So we're super excited for that. Also this weekend, this is, maybe you noticed this at your campus, we had 12 global teams open up this weekend, which is crazy to think that we have 12 global teams opening up on one weekend. We're sending next year, I think it's close to 
80 teams between in-person and virtual. I think 60 of them are in person. So it's crazy to see. I'm going to just rifle through these on all the teams that opened up this weekend. Argentina, Costa Rica, El Salvador, France, India, Middle East, Turkey, Wildwood Hills in Iowa, virtual global team Argentina, virtual Lithuania, virtual Vietnam, virtual Zanzibar. So there are plenty of opportunities to get connected on a global team. Global teams are amazing. I just got back from one as we talked about last week, and I just love global teams so much. So if you have not been on a global team, whether that's in person or virtual, get signed up for a global team. There are 12 opening up this weekend. I'm sure some are already full, but there are more spots for you coming up in the coming weeks. This weekend, Pastor Rob talked about family on mission. Family on mission. We need to be a family on mission. And he shared six six ways. Um, I'm, I'm pulling up the six ways, pulling up my notes here because I don't want to say them wrong. Six ways to be a standout family. Number one, possess a vision for your family. This is kind of leans into last week with Ted Cunningham. Have a family constitution. What is the vision for your family? Who are your family going to be? I know that my parents, he, he talked about this, that he's like, I wish we had a family constitution. And we didn't have a family constitution, but we did what was – like he talks about the, our devos at, at – dinner and he's like they're really short and they were short but they also were kind of long as well and I think that if you were a part of our family dinners he did he did these things called the essential 55 and it was this book written by like this teacher of the year it was 55 traits that you want to teach your kids that help them to be have good manners everything it wasn't I don't think he was a Christian, maybe he was, but it wasn't like Christian principles. So he would teach us one of those 55 principles at dinner every every night. We'd go over one of them or maybe a couple times a week. And some of the things were open doors for people, respond with yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. And, you know, just all these manner things, how to hold your, your fork at dinner and just different types of things that he was trying to instill in us. And then we would always do some sort of Devo or Bible questions. We love doing JBQ questions, Bible trivia. And I remember when we'd have friends come over, they'd look at us and go, are you serious? Is this really what you do? I'm like, yeah, my dad's a pastor. Like we have JBQ questions at dinner. That's just what we do. Bible trivia. And I remember even when we were dating our now wives with Mac and Connor with his wife, Alexia, they would come over and we would still do Bible trivia at times, not every time as we got older, but kind of reminiscing and going back to the days of when we were kids. And I remember them just looking at us like, oh my goodness, you all are crazy. But Connor and I enjoyed it. And so we'll, we'll, we'll give you a run at your money with some JBQ questions. But some of these kids in JBQ, maybe you're listening, you have a kid who's in JBQ or a nephew or uh, you're you serving kids and you see some of these, I mean, they would wipe the floor with this. Like, I want to get some of them. I know we talked about this a while back. I want to get some of these JBQ kids on the podcast to just show their knowledge of the Bible. And maybe you'd feel embarrassed by how well they know the Bible. But I hope it's not embarrassed. I hope you're proud of them. But maybe a reminder that we all need to know the Bible well. But possess a, possess a vision for your family. Number two, live on mission. Life is not about us. It's not about what we can get. It's not about getting the boat or getting the cabin. And those things aren't bad. But that's not what life is about. We want to live on mission for what God wants us to do. 
What is he asking us to do? What are the things in our life that he's pushing us towards? What does obedience look like? We talk about this with the 500. They're radically obedient. That's why we stand. That's why we celebrate them. But what does radical obedience look like in your life? Maybe it's to go. Maybe it's to, to give radically. Maybe it's to lead a small group. Maybe it's to start praying. And, and even Ted mentioned that uh, last weekend. Maybe you've not prayed before. Start praying at your meal. Maybe you've not prayed as a family. Maybe pray, pray as a family at, at staff meeting. Today, uh, one, of, one of the pastors shared that they were in a small group, and one of the people in her small group said, I want to pray with my husband for the first time. We've never prayed together before, and I'm going to lead that and pray. So maybe you're listening, and maybe you'd say, hey, I, I, there's, there's a next step for me of obedience. I want to live on mission as a family. And maybe you don't have a family. This is something that you know, Pastor Rob mentioned at the beginning. Maybe you're listening to this and you're single and you say, I don't, I don't really have a family. Well, first of all, you do have a family, but maybe it's not your own family in terms of kids or, or a spouse, but you have family that surrounds you. You have parents, or maybe you say, I don't have a relationship with my parents. There's maybe extended family. And if you don't have any family at all, you have friends and the family of God that surrounds you. And so finding friends, finding people who are in relationship with uh, David and Jonathan in the Bible, they were said to be best of friends. He even writes in in scripture that as David is processing this friendship that he has with Jonathan, he said, you know, David had many wives. This is back when there was a lot of the kings would have wives and concubines and all that. We don't believe that today that in the New Testament, uh, Jesus and Paul, they clarify, hey, have one wife. Don't divorce, right? Stay together. Uh, but at this time, David had many wives and he, he writes about his friend Jonathan that the, the relationship that they have together is stronger than any of his wives, that this is a friend that he cares about deeper. And so maybe you're listening and you're single and you'd say, I don't know, you know, we're talking about family, we're talking about, you know, kids and raising godly families. And, and that's the, the, the season of life that many people in our church find themselves in. So that's, that's why we talk about it. That's why we want to address it. But just because you don't have your, a family of your own or you're not married or, or you don't have children, doesn't mean that you have a flourishing life. You can find people like David and Jonathan had this this friendship, this this brotherhood, this relationship that was unlike anything else. Maybe there's you're, there's a girl in your life that you you're you have this sisterhood bond that is is unbreakable. That you develop this friendship, this strong friendship that gr you grow together in Christ. You encourage each other. You keep each other accountable in the goals that you have for your life. That is deep. That is meaningful. That is valuable. And so again, maybe you're in, we're in this family series and you feel a little bit like, where's my place in all of this? You belong here. And Paul talks about it. He says, maybe it'd be better off for you to not marry and to be single like I am. And there's debate whether Paul was ever married. Some say he, he most likely was married based on the way he talks about things. And, and maybe his wife ended up leaving because of the, the uh, battles that he was walking through and the challenges and the the being on mission for God. Other people say he was never married, but I, I would lean towards the the view that that he probably was based upon his Jewish history and tradition and whether it went whether he lost his life or lost his wife to to dying or deserting or the, them leaving. Uh, you know, you see some of these these recommendations that Paul talks about in the family, and it it insinuates that. He, he, he could have been married or, or maybe most likely. And again, we, we don't know a hundred percent as he doesn't say that in scripture, but based on some of the, some of the language that he used in Ephesians and talking about submission and, and talking about the household and everything, it seems that there's a familiarity there. 
but he says, maybe it's better off to be single. And maybe you're listening, you go, wait a minute. Well, I'm married. I have kids. We just talked about this. Why, why, why is it better to be single? What Paul is trying to communicate is first and foremost, our obedience to Christ is the most important thing. We should be obedient to what God is asking us to do. And because of that, and Paul clarifies this in Scripture, he says, if you're married, what may happen is you may put the desires of your spouse above the desires of God. That's why, in his opinion, he says, it's easier to follow Christ alone than it is to follow Christ in a marriage. But that doesn't mean marriage is wrong. He says, if you have a passion to be married, or maybe you you have a desire that you feel empty, or or there's an opportunity, or or you're you're, you know, he says you're burning and you're maybe you're you're feeling this tension, and maybe it's a a spiritual, it's a loneliness, or it's sexual, or whatever it is. He says it's okay. Like God created marriage, it's all good. Marriage is a good thing, but don't let family and marriage become your idol. Don't let that be something that actually supersedes and is and is put above God's word in your life. And Jesus says that the love that you have for your family should, or I'm sorry, the love you have for God should be so far above that of your family, should be so far above that of your children that it's almost as if you hate them. Now, he's not saying hate your children. He's saying you have to love God the Father, love God, love me, love the Holy Spirit far more than you love your family because God is so much greater. And the family is a great example of this relationship we have with God. It's actually the best example we have, but it's not perfect because we are not perfect. Number three, establish spiritual disciplines and traditions. Ted talked about this and, and Pastor Rob reiterated it, but establish these disciplines. What, what are things that you do? We go to church. We're a family that goes to church. We're a family that reads our Bible. We're a family that confesses our sin. We're a family that's accountable to each other. Number four, live countercultural in holiness. We want to be a family that is not just like everyone else. We believe that God calls us to a higher standard, and we want to be countercultural in holiness. That may mean that we don't watch the same things. That may mean we don't listen to the same things. That may mean that we we act differently, we behave differently, we we celebrate differently. We're going to be countercultural, not just so that we can point our finger at other people and say, "Ha ha, look at us, we're we're better than you." That's not it at all. It's actually the opposite. It's to say we want to live holiness so that people see the way we live and are curious about the way we honor God and so that they can see that it's a better way to live because when we honor God, we believe that it's it's what's best for us. Number five, establish and maintain a spiritual legacy. Eventually, your kids are going to grow up. Your friends are going to go on. Maybe they move away. But what's the spiritual legacy? What are the Who are the people you can pour into? Who are the people that you can help grow, and maybe you're a, a grandparent, or you're a, a uncle, or an aunt, or you are just, maybe you're serving in Go Kids, and you're helping River Valley kids, and helping helping kids that are, are 
maybe don't have parents or maybe they do have parents, but you're serving and you're helping them. You can do that in River Valley Kids. It's going to take a couple years for us to get rid of that language. So apologies, all the kids pastors listening. River Valley Kids. Number six, keep growing. We want to keep growing. We don't want to stop. We want to keep growing. What is God asking you to do today? What are the next steps in your life? We're never satisfied with just staying put and staying the same. We want to keep growing in our walk with God. We want to grow as parents. We want to grow as children, all of the above. And so we want to keep growing. But I want to get to some of your questions. Thanks for being here with me again, flying solo this week. But I want to get to some questions that you all ask. Again, you can ask these questions on Instagram. You can actually ask them on Spotify now. We got a question from Peter from Spotify, as well as you could DM Kirk or myself any week and ask these questions. Peter from Spotify, he says, how do you approach inviting people if you are serving and you can't sit with them? This is actually a great question because a lot of times when you invite somebody, maybe you invite a friend and you want to sit with them and you say, but I'm serving. I am greeting, or maybe I'm serving in kids, and I want them to go to the adult service. They're not allowed to come back into the kids' area, but I still want them to come to church. I think there's a few things you could do. I think if there's multiple services, maybe you could try to invite them to the other service and actually go to multiple. You're serving at one. You go to one. If you're unable to do so because maybe you're serving at at both services, I'd encourage you to talk to your connections pastor or the campus pastor or associate pastor at your campus and say, hey, I want to invite friends. Could is Can I help train somebody up? We need more volunteers. Hopefully, we don't need to rely on every single person uh, or, or we have to rely on one person for every single role, right? We want to in- encourage the body to grow in that. And so maybe that's an opportunity where you say, hey, I may be serving too much because I'm not able to invite a friend and sit with them in service. Most of our, I think all of our campuses have at least two or three services. So I think most are at three right now. And so if there is not an opportunity for that, I think there there maybe is a gap in serving that we want to recruit more people. Or maybe you're holding things too tight. And again, I'm not accusing you of this, Peter, of course. I just, I think there's a few examples that we can take from there. But let's say you can't, you can't do that and you just, you can't make it happen. They, they say, this is the week I want to come and you want to stay faithful to your commitment. Although even so, one more thing on that. If there is a friend that's coming to church, to me, that is a priority and find someone else to take your spot. Don't, you know, we have Mary and Martha, right? That are, I want to serve you. I don't want to do everything I can. Bringing somebody, inviting a neighbor, if they're coming and you say, I want to sit with you, to me, let your, the kids pastor know, let the connections pastor know, hey, I have a new person coming today. Is there a way that you can find somebody else to fill that role? Or maybe let them know a few days in advance. Hey, I think they're going to be coming. Could, could someone else fill that role? But if you absolutely can't, then I would introduce them to somebody and say, hey, this is my friend. Would you be able to sit with them? And then once you're done in your area of serving, again, kids is maybe the only exception, but once you're done, maybe it's you're on the worship team or you're greeting or you're hosting or parking lot. Once you're done, go go find them and go sit with them. So I think that maybe it's more about if you're serving to the point where you can't invite people and you can't sit in service and sit with them, I think that's the bigger opportunity uh, for that. And and lastly, introduce them to a pastor. If you can, If you don't have a friend or anybody, introduce them to one of the pastors on staff. We would love to sit with them. We would love to get to know them. And then again, you can join us whenever you're done in the area that you're serving. Jenna asked, parent culture pushing doing the best I can versus I've done all that I can. The first seems self-serving while the second is sacrificial. 
What do you think? Well, I'm not a parent, so I might have to save this question for Kirk. But if I'm trying to understand it best, doing the best I can versus I've done all that I can. You know, I, I think... I think I understand where you're coming from. I think, yes, I'd, I'd rather live in the I've done all that I can versus I'm just doing the best. I'm just doing the best I can. Like, I know they might not be doing but I'm just doing the, what I can. I think what, what, what you're getting to is that we have to do everything that we want to do, but the Lord is in charge. But I think sometimes we make excuses for the way we act. We make excuses for the the decisions that we make. We make excuses. And as a parent, I just think that, you know, and, and again, I've not been one, but I think seeing the way my parents led, seeing the way other great parents that I've lived, in that lived is they, we want people, we want parents to lead their children to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so I don't think, can you do all that you can? No. But there's sacrifices. There's trade-offs. Well, I, I don't want to work a job because I want to spend all the time with my kids. Well, okay, then how are you going to feed them? How are you going to shelter them? How are you going to take care of them? Well, no, I really want to work my job and, and be super successful and make lots of money so they can have the things that I didn't have. Okay, but is that sacrificing time with them, right? So there's always trade-offs in parenting. There's always trade-offs in life. So I think that it's it's kind of living in the middle, but say what if, what with the trade-offs, with the sacrifices that I need to make, what can I do to grow them in the ways of the Lord? And so I think that's the way we have to look at it and think about those trade-offs and realize that we're not going to do it perfect. Uh, maybe Kirk can add to this next week, but we're never going to be perfect parents. But we want to do, yes, we want to do all that, we've can, all that we can, but I just think sometimes when you look at it from that perspective, it's going to it's going to pit yourself against this per perfect parent or this perfect person. And I think whenever we pit ourselves against perfection, we're going to fall short, right? And then we feel discouraged or frustrated. And I think it's we want to grow our children in the ways of the Lord. And of course, do the best we can do. But I think we need to put it against all the different trade-offs that God is asking us to do and pray for wisdom. As a parent, pray for wisdom. God, give me the wisdom. Is this something that I should do? Is is this an area where I'm, I'm giving it my all? Am I doing too much here? Ask other people for guidance, uh, just like Pastor Rob talked about. Find mentors. Find people that have, have raised up godly kids and say, what did you do? Or maybe talk to people who who are have legacies of families. He's like, what are things that you've done that I can learn from? And not to copy everything they do, but to learn from their lessons and all that they're teaching us. Great question on that. And again, maybe Kirk will add to that next week more. Jeremiah asks, what are your thoughts when another megachurch goes to your city? It's a great question. There's a, a I guess, megachurch, of course, is a term that gets thrown around. Technically, I think the, the term is a church that has over 2,000 members or 2,000 attendants on a weekend. And so River Valley... We have this last weekend was close to 9,000, somewhere between 8,500 and 9,000. And so we would be a, a, a mega church, and there's other mega churches here in the Twin Cities. Obviously, across the country, there's a lot of mega churches. We say this, and I've heard Pastor Rob say this quite frequently, but we believe every church that preaches the name of Jesus. And we, we do not support churches because they're small. We do not support them because they're large. However, we don't want 
to celebrate and champion churches if they're if they're inward focused and caught up in the, their own dysfunction. There was a church in the area here that said, "You can take over our building if you pay our legal bills because we've been fighting with each other. The 40 people in this church have been fighting with each other for the last several years and we've we've racked up hundreds of thousands of dollars of attorney fees because we've been fighting with each other as a church. And if you pay our legal bills, then you can take our building." What a, what a sad state of a church. But there's other churches that are in different parts of the, of the state, different parts of the country, that they may be small, but they're reaching people for Jesus. They're baptizing people. They're seeing people say yes to Jesus. They have great kids' ministries. They have great pastors. And maybe their pastors are bivocational and, and don't get paid a salary, or maybe they they're get a small amount or they're living on, on small means. We are for every church. We support many churches financially, through prayer, with our network, we want to help every church that preach the name of Jesus. And so whether it's church just down the road or it's a church that is far away, we want to celebrate them, champion them. We don't have this, this rivalry against churches. We are all in this together. Now, in the same way, we're all human, right? And so you may have felt this before. If there's a new church that opens, or a lot of times with all of our new campuses, we're the new church that opens, right, in the community. So we hope people don't think this about us. Oh, the new mega church campus is coming into town. They're coming into Lakeville. There's already good churches in Lakeville. Oh, why'd they go to Chaska? There's there's already some great churches in Chaska. We believe that we need more churches and we need more healthy churches in communities. If you look at our state, if you look at our country, this the number of people attending church frequently is going down. There are more churches closing than there are opening. And so we believe we need more churches. Now, sure, when a church church comes net, right next door to your church, you may have this, this tinge of, oh, well, are they competing with us? Are they going after the same people? Are, are, are there ministries? They have a sisterhood, and we have a sisterhood, and they have worship, a worship album, and we have a worship album, and, and their pastor writes books, and our pastor writes books. Absolutely, there's going to be this, this humanity and this tinge of, oh, man, I, I don't know if I like that. But I think we have to step back and realize there are people in our communities that don't know Jesus, that are going to hell. And if that church can better reach the people that we're not reaching, even if that means that some of the people from our church leave and go to that church, even if that means people say, oh, we like that church better than this church, if that means that there are people that are going to find Jesus, then we have to push through any bit of competitive attitude, push through any bit of, of fear or Oh, what if that? What if what if our keyboard player leaves and goes to that church? Or what if the, our biggest giver leaves and goes and wants to feel the vision? We don't own any of these people. Now, of course it hurts. Of course it's frustrating when you feel like we were on mission together. We went on global teams together. We did all these things. And now you're leaving. It absolutely hurts. But when you step back and you say, I want more people to go to heaven. I want more people to have relationship with Jesus. I want more people to know and experience the love and the truth of what I've been able to experience. If that's the case, then we want more churches and we need more churches, whether they're a mega church campus, whether they're a small church that's planning. We believe that our city, Minneapolis, the suburbs, greater Minnesota, all throughout our country, we need more churches, more healthy churches. And if there's a, an issue, if there's a tension point, if it's, hey, I'm recruiting, I'm trying to steal all your people, we want to talk about it. Just like brothers, just like Matthew says, go to the brother and say, hey, we we want to build a church together, but let's go our separate ways, but we don't want to recruit. We don't want to steal from the church. We don't want to try to 
inflict damage. We want to grow both churches. We believe this. A rising tide raises all boats, right? It's 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 not a a, a scripture, but I think it's a principle that is we want to we want to see all churches grow who preach the name of Jesus, who stand up for the values of the Bible. And of course, we know there are churches that are not standing true on the word of God. We pray that they would repent. We pray that they would realize that they're the error in their ways. But we want to see healthy churches grow that are preaching the Bible, preaching the name of Jesus. I want to end, as always, with prayer requests and with praise reports. And then I will pray and we'll, of course, listen to a song, as you always do, lifting up the name of Jesus. From Fairbow Campus, Pray for my family to live for God. I have a wife struggling with addiction. She relapsed and needs healing. Pray that I find my way back to God. I want to be able to love myself and be connected with him and the church. Amen. Egan Campus. My sister and family are serving overseas. They're in the midst of a challenging season. Mariah says, pray for finances. I have I've had an unexpected pet die and medical needs for our child and car repairs. Wow. We're praying for you and for that. I know that that's a lot happening at once. It feels like it all comes down crashing at once. Another person from Egan praying for healing in my daughter's heart. She forgives me for anything I've said that's offended her. Pray for my husband because he hurt his back as well. Woodbury Campus, healing of anxiety. Someone else is praying for freedom from addiction to pornography. Another person, clarity on a call to be a missionary. What does the Lord want to do? Does he want to send me? We're praying that you get clarity in that call. Minatrista Campus, healing for pain in my back. Pray for me as I'm going to work. Pray for my girls to be on the right path with Jesus. And someone else praying for someone named Gunner and praying for him to experience Jesus. And he also needs a new job. A few praise reports here. Praise from Faribault. Our family has felt a, spirit, felt a spiritual shift through, through prayers. My husband asked for me to Bring a Bible in his home so I can read it. I pray it continues to soften his heart and it would come alive. Amen. Amen. Egan, praise. My brother's heart surgery went well on Friday. Pray for continued healing and rest. Amen. Amen. Minister to praise. My grandson has been seizure-free during uh, during his withdrawal withdrawals. Pray for the next two weeks of his adjustment recovery. Amen. Praising God for seizure-free. Amen. Amen. As we pray for all these needs, would you join me wherever you're listening? If you're in your car, you're doing dishes, you're sitting around with the family listening, that we would join these prayer requests. These are just a few of the thousands of requests throughout this year and even the hundreds of requests we got just this week. So Lord, we pray for these needs. We pray that you would intervene. We pray that you would meet the needs of those who are praying for healing, of those who need favor, of those who are praying for financial breakthrough, provision, God, that you would be their provider, that you would be their healer, that they would feel your comfort in the midst of what they're walking through. And God, we praise you. We give you praise and, and just say thank you for all of the things that you're providing for us. God, you are someone who heals. You provide the, the wisdom and the, the structure of all the doctors who are, are providing this, this medical care, people who have had successful surgeries, people who are seizure-free, Lord. We pray for continued provision in that. We praise you. We give you honor and glory and just all the needs that, that we weren't able to read, the hundreds of needs just this weekend that we weren't able to read, and, of course, the thousands more just from this last couple months that you would be in the midst of of all of those needs, God, we love you, we praise you, we give you all the honor and all the glory, and as we get ready to worship you, we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.
Thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate 
and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.